there's this gap that women don't talk about money enough. So mm-hmm. they don't actually know how to build a business. And we also need to take more ownership in our mindset because it's so easy for us to try to control the things around us to make us happy. So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you wanna learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of The Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. I'm your host, Aaron LeBauer. Today, my special guest is Vanessa Ortali. And Vanessa and I met at the February Empire Mastermind. Uh, Vanessa is a coaching client with Craig Valentine, and she was there as a guest. And we connected really well, and I was like, I got to get to know Vanessa. And now we're on a podcast episode. So, Vanessa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thanks so much for asking. I'm excited to chat. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really excited for you to be here for a couple reasons. One, you bring a perspective outside of the physical therapy industry and as a female business owner, helping other women specifically grow their business and their, um, we'll talk more about it, but their, their network and their, and their uh, mindset, you can bring a, a perspective because I've learned a lot of my business strategies that are successful from outside of the physical therapy industry. So thank you for being here. Can you share just a little bit about like what it is you do and who you help? Yeah. So I am a speaker and coach and I also founded the ladies community, the ladies community.com. You can check mm-hmm. it out. And so basically I help within the ladies community. I plan online and in-person events and resources to help women professionally and personally. And me personally, when I coach and speak, I really talk mostly about entrepreneurship, business strategy, how to build networks and mm-hmm. communities and mindset. That's something I'm really passionate about. That's awesome. And you're in Toronto, right? I am right now. I'm missing yeah. the West Coast. It's still snowing here. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you get started in all this? Like, what were you doing before? Yeah. So before I actually did corporate team building and executive mm-hmm. coaching, and I've always loved coaching and team building. I've done it for over 15 years. And Before that, I went to business school. So I've always loved, I also did my undergrad in biology. So I've always loved this combination between the mind, the body and business. Mm -hmm. And I've always been an entrepreneur even since when I was little. So it's just kind of evolved naturally. And when I look at what I was really good at when I was younger and what people always gravitated to me for, Mm-hmm. It was always mindset, you know, advice and business and mindset. Yeah. So I'm really grateful that I've been able to create this niche for myself of things that I'm naturally good at and things that I love. Yeah, that's awesome. And so people come to you to solve their problems kind of thing? Always, always. Yeah. <laughs> I was their free life coach for years. <laughs> that's cool. So how did you, so let's say... Did like in school, did you know you were going to own a business or was there something that happened between like university and kind of business, you know, like, like what happened there? What's the story? Yeah. I, you know, I always knew I wanted to own my own business. I never Mm -hmm. wanted to work for somebody else. And even when in business school, they do really extensive recruiting and I didn't even want to recruit. I mean, 
I looked at all the options, but knew that there was more. I knew I wanted to lead. I really love trying new things and being given a lot of responsibility was something I always loved, mm -hmm. you know, problem solving. So when I first came out of school, I worked for a small startup who did executive coaching. And so from there, I was able to get my feet wet and try a bunch of different things and really right. understand how business worked from, you know, the core. Awesome. Awesome. So how'd you come up with the ladies community? What, and oh. yeah, yeah, like where'd that, come, where'd that idea come from and, and what's it all about? I didn't even come up with it. It yeah. was a complete accident. And this comes back to why I'm so passionate about talking about your network and building a supportive community because I was single in my thirties living downtown as an entrepreneur. All my friends were married and had kids and I just wanted to expand my network. So I mm -hmm. literally got online Facebook and Bumble BFF, which is like a friend app. And I started doing meetups within Toronto. And within a couple of months, we had over a hundred women coming out to all of the meetups wow. and then they wanted more. And then I noticed there was this disconnect between women wanting a friend and or network for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And they were really looking to fulfill something within themselves that they weren't doing the work. So I knew I needed to add the mindset piece and some more training and development. And then the ladies community just kind of evolved and grew when it started to take a lot more time. Yeah. And I think the biggest challenge for me was turning a free resource, which was just these random meetups into a revenue generating business. Yeah. Yeah. How did, like, what was the challenge there? Was it just that people weren't expecting it to be free or was it not knowing what to offer next? Both. Both. Yeah. I think people just wanted it to be free. They also didn't appreciate and or know how much work goes into planning an event. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, this is easy. Why does she have to charge? So it was a little bit of changing my messaging and educating the community as to how much work it actually took and yeah. why I needed to charge. And then I didn't know what to charge and I didn't know how to turn it into a revenue, revenue generating machine. Uh -huh. Yeah. So that's taken some adjustment. Yeah. So how did you do that? Is it you charge per events or is there some other product or service that you offer outside of the free events? I started with events mm -hmm. and if I were to do it again, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would, so I started with events and then went into more product offerings, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching and courses and all that. I would have gone into coaching and courses sooner and not done the events. Cause if you look at how much money you can generate from events, really you generate a couple hundred to a few thousand dollars, right. depending on the event. I think you're better off hosting really great events, you know, on a smaller scale, expanding your community and then being able to give them different offerings. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And, yeah. What is it that, I guess my big question <laughs> that comes from this so far is like, what was missing for a lot of the women that were coming in there uh, for you to help to come into events? Like what was the thing that was missing, whether, whether it was a connection or network or something else? Yeah. So I find that most people come to the community because they're in some sort of transition professionally or personally. Mm -hmm. So either a breakup, a divorce, move to a new city and, or they're an entrepreneur and they're still looking for some sort of like-minded individuals, yeah. you know, I think 
growing up, we're friends with people because of proximity. And then as we grow older, we're thinking, I don't really jive with these people anymore. And so then they're just being more intentional and taking more ownership for the types of people they surround themselves with. Yeah. But don't wait. I mean, I'm gonna, the, the dumb, the dumb uh, rhetorical no, guy question is, well, women have an easier time talking to each other, right? No, I totally disagree. I talk about this with my girlfriends all the time and my boyfriend. I feel like men are so much more straight up and Mm -hmm. honest. And women, there's this innate jealousy and competitive nature that they that they actually almost team up against each other Mm -hmm. coming from a place of insecurity. And I find it it was always really difficult for me to have authentic female friendships growing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I was almost scared of women, if I'm being honest, because yeah. most of the people that I was bullied by through, you know, my adolescence, teenage and into my 20s were women, mm-hmm. not men. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's, is this like, so it's women who are the women that you're working with, are they all like entrepreneurs and business owners or? Most of them are entrepreneurs, business owners, and or executives in some Mm -hmm. capacity. They have some sort of leadership position where they are still building community and building influence. But they're missing like a connection with other people in the same position. Yeah. So they're either missing people, you know, colleagues and people that they can work with and Mm -hmm. or even mentors. Mm -hmm. So I also still think there's this gap and maybe you see this in the women that you coach as well. There's this gap that women don't talk about money enough. So Mm -hmm. they don't actually know how to build a business. And we also need to take more ownership in our mindset because it's so easy for us to try to control the things around us to make us happy. So I really love the nitty gritty of helping us stay more accountable to our own happiness and the life that we create. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you have trouble with these, a lot of these things? Totally. I think, you know, for me, even saying that from a business perspective, I struggled a lot trying to turn it into a revenue generating Mm -hmm. business. And so I had to find my own coaches and mentors, Craig, you know, Craig being one of them to help me to transition that. And I resisted becoming a coach and a trainer for a long time personally, because I didn't know how to create a multi-million dollar business in that field. So I needed that example. And then mindset wise, I think for me, and I don't think this is female only, I just think we put up with too much shit. Like I was filled with anxiety and overwhelm and I just knew there had to be a different way. So I call it the mental Olympics. Like I Uh train real hard (laughs) and then now I just teach what I did to help other people live in more peace and happiness. Yeah. 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 Wow. So what is it that like... You struggle. So, what is it that you struggle with specifically? That you're like, I guess my question is: Is was it charging enough? Was it, you know, because you were like, well, I was in business. Was it taking a free thing and actually now saying, hey, it's worth money? Mm. What was? Was there something specific? Yeah, right for that- business, it was specifically what did my revenue streams look like, mm-hmm. and what, how many different offers did I need to have yeah. to actually build a business and create the income that I wanted monthly. So then how do I create fast cash that's coming in? And then how do I create that long-term cash so that I'm still making money without actually working? Cause I, cause coaching is still, and physical therapy can still be the same where you're trading your time for money. 
Right. So uh, how do you build something beyond that? So I struggled with that. Mm -hmm. And then I also struggled because I started charging for events first and wasn't making enough revenue from that. So then I needed to understand what other options are there for me to bring in revenue and what do my product offerings look like? Right. And so you, you figured out like the details with like a coach and figuring that out, like how'd you overcome the mental block of like valuing yourself or money? Yeah. It takes time. And I tackled one thing at a time Mm -hmm. for me. The first thing was anxiety and overwhelm and like constant action. I was a hustler, but then I was exhausted. So I was always burnt out. So that was the first thing that I had to overcome. And then from there I had to obviously gain the confidence in myself. And that just a lot of time just takes, you know, trial and error. Yeah. And failing a lot and then just not giving up because as an entrepreneur, your mindset is everything and all of your insecurities come out. And so if you're going to let it stop you, then, then don't be an entrepreneur. <laughs> but, you know, I just thought with every roadblock that I came up against, mm-hmm. it was a challenge for me that I took on and I was so excited. I was like, great, this means I get to be better and I get to discover something about myself that I didn't know. So how can I use this and what is this trying to teach me so that I can continue to step into my best self? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. What kinds of things do you do on a regular basis right now to continue working on that? A lot. I, it is my passion. Like I say, I'm still training for my mental Olympics. It's a ongoing process just like fitness. And so for me daily, so in summary, for me, my daily goal is inner peace and, mm-hmm. in a, and feeling in alignment, like right. feeling at my best self. In order to get there, I do different things, whether it be journaling, free writing, you know, meditation, mantras, going for a walk. I don't really care what you do as long as you feel good and you feel at your best. And I yeah. think that people just need to get in tune with that, whatever mm-hmm. that is for them. What's the, like, what's the money mindset block that most people have? that they don't need a lot. So I hear this all the time in, when I'm talking to clients, I said, okay, what do you, would you want your ideal life to look like? If mm-hmm. I had a magic wand, what would you want? And they're like, well, I don't need much. I, you know, just need to get by. And I go, really? Like I just said that I would give you anything. And you said, you just want to get by. There's this block that money is bad and mm-hmm. having money is bad. And you having money means you've helped that many people. And that if you have more money, you can help other people. You know, Sarah Blakely just gave away $5 million to female entrepreneurs. Wow. So it gives you freedom and flexibility that you don't have. Otherwise money is great. And it's just a form of currency. So I think us changing what is money and what it actually means to us mm-hmm. is yeah. the biggest block. Yeah. Is, is it something that uh, you still struggle with? Yeah, totally. I'm always looking at that. As my business continues to grow, there's always a new block that I see, yeah. you know, thinking, oh, okay, you, you, there's something else. It's, you know, how now I notice sometimes I think like, how am I going to do that? Or can I actually do that? And so I still see it coming up because in my, in me growing up, my family taught me and I was conditioned 
that money's hard to come by. You have to work super hard for mm -hmm. it. And, you know, money is bad and people with money are X, Y, Z. So I really had to be more aware of that. And, you know, money is scarce. Oh, this is too expensive or I can't afford this. So I'll catch myself still, still saying that. Yeah. And then I just have to work my way through that. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's important to share. And like, I had similar things. I didn't know where money came from. I just knew like I could, I could make it come out of thin air with a credit card. You know? <laughs> but the, the thing that I had recently was difficult. And one of the reasons I work with Vedras is he was like, Aaron, I want you to aim for three to 5 million a year. And, and I was like, that's all good. I was like, but what does that look like? I was like, I don't know what it looks like. And he said, you're trying to guesstimate it with what you already have and not with these other potential avenues that you will have. And I was just like, Oh, I was like, Oh, I see. It's like, I needed him to like, sh I was like, okay, great. Tell me, show me what does it look like to be able to do that? Because I can't see it from where I'm standing. Yeah. And that that's was really exactly what I was saying with the, my struggle when building the business, because mm -hmm. I didn't know it. I didn't see it. Right. So you need coaches, you know, like yourself to paint that picture. So you know, what's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if someone comes to you and because here's one of the questions or the problems I get all the time is like, oh, well, Aaron, I know I'm not charging enough, you know, but I, and it's kind of like followed up, but, but I only need X. I only need $3,000, $4,000 a month. You know, I know I need to charge enough, but, and I need, or I need to raise my rates or I need to charge more. How do you help people get through that? Like what's the I actually, yeah, I heard a really great analogy and story. So I want to share because it helps to paint a really good picture. So if somebody said, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you pay me a hundred, people mm -hmm. would be like, what's the catch? Like, sure, I'll pay you a hundred to get a thousand. And that's kind of what coaching is. If they're paying you a hundred dollars, but then you're giving them a thousand dollars worth of value and you'll help them make a thousand dollars, then of course that trade is there. So I think at the end of the day, people need to understand what is their value and how are they actually helping that person? It's not about you. Mm -hmm. It's about your value that you're giving them and everything that's going to change in their life because you've worked with them and what that value is, that $1,000, not the $100. So I think really just being confident in what you have to offer Mm -hmm. and and what impact you'll make on somebody else to help them you know increase their prices and feel better but you have to also get really great on your sales calls you know craig and i'm sure you've been trained many times as well to master that sales call if you master a sales call and you can properly bring someone from the visual of where they are to where they need to go mm -hmm. and you being that bridge you can charge whatever you want and people will need you. They're going to go, yes, I want to get there. If you can help me get there, I'm in. Yeah. So it's being confident in your sales abilities as well. Yeah. I think that's important. It's also, I think valuable. What you said is it's not about you. It's about them. I mean, I've certainly have people write me a check and I was like, wait, it, that's more than what I charge. And they're like, it is, <laughs> you know, it's like they want something very different than what we think they want a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So a lot of times our value is stuck in like our perception and, but our clients and customers, patients, they have a completely different like journey and challenge and desire of what they want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And if what you're teaching comes easy to you, 
we don't always realize how much value it gives the other person. So if you're sitting there going, this is too easy. (laughs) I'm like, this was nothing for me. Then you're in the right industry because you're doing what you're good at. And then asking, getting feedback, you know, what did you get from me working with you? What value are you getting? So you can understand how much impact you're making because people will pay for things that you're good at and they're not good at. We all have Mm -hmm. different skills. So teach what you're good at and then life will seem easy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I also know uh, from the way Craig introduced you at the mastermind that you're great at networking and building your network. And that's part of what you do. So what are some of the ways that you, you help people can like you build networking or like, maybe let's start with the, what's your definition of networking? Because my early experience was I should have been networking events and people were either trying to sell me their product, which I'm like, I'm not the customer or they were just interested in the free beer. So, you know, like, can you talk a little about like what it really is networking and how do you cultivate that? Yeah. So I think networking is a lot more genuine than networking events. Don't go to networking events to meet anyone, go to practice. Right. I think the real networking happens in your everyday life. You know, at the grocery store, I would go and work because I've been self-employed for years. I would work in hotel lobbies Mm -hmm. and network with people in the hotel lobby And I just found that easy. Or when people are drinking, they're always easier to get to know. So I think the key to networking is just making an authentic connection with a person and having no expectations of where that's going to go and seeing how you can help the other person. Because if your intention is just, hey, you're an awesome human, Aaron. Like when we first met, I'm like, I love his energy. I just want to get to know him and see what he's about. And then you understand who they are. And then ask them, you know, how can I help you? What is there something I can do with your goals or help you meet your goals right now? And then it just kind of continues to develop from there. I also think that if you're coming to a networking situation, wanting to just make a connection and not worry about where it leads, you end up treating everyone like they're your best friend and it makes people feel good. You just want to make people feel welcome and feel accepted. Yeah. So let's say someone's going to like a traditional kind of networking event or even like for the first time, like, cause I know people like use BNI and it's really popular and successful. Like my experience with, not with that organization, but a different one was just, like I said, like I'd show up and people would just try to sell me their product instead of like, in, you know, like want to talk to me. What's the best way to approach something like that the first time? And what should people really be looking for in like a networking community? I actually did a tips, five tips to networking because Mm -hmm. I get this question all the time. So I'll send you that link. But in, I say get personal as quickly as possible. So if I'm a hugger, I will hug random strangers. It breaks the barrier and you obviously have to gauge if you're in like a professional meeting, it might not be appropriate, but treating them like you would your best friend and then getting personal as quickly as possible. How are you? Do you like what you do? Do you love it? You know, why did you get into this? You want to get to the core of who they are and you want to see that spark in their eye. Mm -hmm. You want to see them light up because then they're going to associate you with that good feeling that they felt in your conversation together. If you just ask them, you know, what do you do? Do you have children? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a good start, but then you'd be like, what do you love about your kids? Do you like being a mother? You know, you want to just get some sort of emotion out of them to build that connection because then they'll remember you. Mm -hmm. And a really, really general tip when you walk in a room is just 
do an energy survey and think, who do I want to meet? And you right. don't have to meet everyone. Go for the people that you like their vibe and you only need to meet one or two people. Like don't put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, like, let's say like, I'm trying to figure out like, how do I market my business? Right. I've got to the point where I know who my patients are and I identify that we're my, my customers and they're at this group and that group. And I need to get in touch with these people, but I don't know them. I'm going to make a cold call. What, most people are going to go like, I'm not going to call them cold because they're going to reject me. Right. <laughs> so, probably. <laughs> right. Probably. So how do I get over that? And how do I use, what can I do instead to get a good, like whether it's introduction or get a, get, get in front of someone, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a, a gym owner or like a reporter for like a major magazine, like how do I, how do I do that? How would you? Yeah. Would you so I always tell my community and my clients, write out who exactly you need to meet, mm -hmm. whether it be, you know, investors, clients, whatever that is, and be very specific. So even when I was looking for a mentor, I was really specific as to the qualities I was looking for. The reason you want to be specific is because when you ask for a referral, you can say, hey, Aaron, I'm looking for someone who is a 35-year-old woman who struggled with XYZ. Do mm -hmm. you know that person? Right. If I were to just ask you for a referral and be like, hey, Aaron, do you know anyone? Aaron wants to help me, <laughs> but has no idea what I even need. Right. So you'd want to be really specific in your ask is number one. And then you also want to obviously get a soft introduction if you can. So you want to find out where do these people, where are these people and how can I get there? So I'm going to use a really easy example. I knew, you know, growing up, I wanted to expand my network and meet a lot more entrepreneurs and professionals. At, when I was younger, you know, in my teens and twenties, I didn't have the money to spend thousands of dollars going to these charity events, but I knew the people I wanted to meet in my network were going to these nice charity events. So I would contact the organizer say, Hey, I want to be there. Can I volunteer? So I started getting my foot in the door by volunteering at events where your clients are, or even just your personal network that you want to expand, find out, you know, where are they and how can I get there in any way, even if I can get there for free. And then once you start networking in the industry, you just start making friends. And then one thing, one thing leads to another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So it's about making the personal connection more than trying to like make the sale part of it. Right. right? Exactly. A hundred percent. Cause then the sale, cause even, I don't even know anymore. And I'd love to know what you think about this. You know, when they say you have to have your 30 second elevator pitch. Right. And I feel like people try so hard to have that one sentence. Like I help people maximize their strength and abilities to whatever. And you, you're sitting there thinking, what the heck does that even mean? That mm -hmm. was such a crafted line of BS that I don't even believe you. Right. But if you're just open and honest and you just bring yourself and people feel how much you like what you do, yeah. then the, you'll naturally start talking. So I just, right. just don't be fake. Just be yourself. <laughs> right. no, that's awesome. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally good. So, um, I was checking out your website and it says uh, on the latest community it says, are you a dude? So yeah. what's the, what's we the, are you a dude? Like what's the, what's the deal with dudes? Yeah. So we get lots of dudes that will come to our events trying to pick up women mm -hmm. and, or they're looking, yeah, they're looking for a wife. So mm -hmm. we actually have a link. So if you're a dude, 
you can still join our email list as a guy. And then if we have a co-ed event or something for men, we can include you. And we still have, obviously, uh, it's called the ladies community, but we still have guys show up to our events and we don't care. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's yeah. awesome. You don't, have a, you don't need a bounce or anything like that. No, no, it's all inclusive. <laughs> guys are welcome. We usually have like one or two token guys that show up and that's cool. Yeah, yeah, awesome. <laughs> so what are kind of things do you guys do at your events? Like what is a typical event like and yeah. are there different types? Totally. We have lots of different types. We have business workshops, full day retreats and then we also do networking and speaker series mm -hmm. so it really depends i we're really starting to move more global and mm -hmm. international and we started going online before you know right now when we're doing this interview it's during corona but we started going online way before because we knew we wanted to meet more people and reach more people yeah and it's really hard when you're doing live events because you have to move and you have to essentially create this tour. And mm -hmm. so now we're leaning more towards less events, but larger events and then doing them in a couple of cities instead of doing events. We were doing events every week and it was wow. exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. So like you're doing like a networking event every week, what a couple hundred people. I mean, yeah, so it like depends. Yeah, it depends. Some of our workshops, we, we'd have 50, but then mm -hmm. our actual networking events, you know, we had anywhere from 20 to a thousand. Mm -hmm. It really yeah. just depended on the theme and what it was. Yeah. That's yeah. What, and and did you, were you doing it all to get all by yourself? You have a team of people? Or what's the it was basically <laughs> me. I had, I did have people helping me part time and, but it was a lot. And I knew that I, couldn't continue the way I was going. And when I looked at a question I always ask my clients is what kind of lifestyle do you want to live? What do you want your life to look like? And mm -hmm. I think so often entrepreneurs will build a business that's worse than if they were to work for someone else. Right. Like you have to build your business around your life so that you're not just a slave to your business. And I knew something needed to change because I just couldn't do yeah. it anymore. What was the thing? What was the number one thing that you changed? I moved online. Yeah. Yeah. I started to provide more resources online. It also allowed me to connect with more people just like this, you know, Aaron and I are virtual mm -hmm. and it allowed me to bring in a lot more experts to provide resources from all over the world to the community. So I think it is better because then they can be in the comfort of their own home and learning from the best people around the world. That's great. Yeah. How are you building the community now that you're not, uh, it's probably expanding a little bit differently than word of mouth or maybe the way it was locally, but like, what are you doing now to expand? And is there something that, that is no longer working or is it all? Kind oh, of good working? question. Yeah. So the community is growing faster now than it ever has. Mm -hmm. I would say the main reason is I always try to keep a pulse on what the community needs. So I'm serving the, surveying the community weekly. What do you need? What do you want? What are your struggles? Mm -hmm. And if I keep an eye on what they need, I just keep providing them online workshops and resources for what they need. We get, I'd say about five to 10 women joining our community daily. Wow. word of mouth on Facebook and Instagram. And I, I hope that they feel our energy and they know that we're genuine when we want to help them and create something different. I think the best thing is just to understand your community, know who they are and know what they need because they're always evolving. And they'll also tell you 
the exact words that they need to hear for you to share with them that the product that you're offering them and the service that you're offering them will actually help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there, um, are you guys doing like, are you doing like Facebook ads? Are you doing like we do targeted emails, that, that kind of no. stuff? <laughs> we yeah. are, we are dev. We can definitely get better in those areas. So we, our main focus right now is Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of collaborations. So weekly we do a guest will come in and do a workshop. We also did an online summit that helps a lot because then yeah their community, they're promoting us to their community also. So the collaborations are great. I also personally, and you, you know, you train entrepreneurs. It's been my goal to also be more authentic and put myself out there more. Mm -hmm. so I've noticed the more videos I'm making <laughs> and the more lives I do, the more people can connect to me and trust me that this is a community for them and where they want to to gain information and, and network. Yeah. Awesome. What is, uh, what do the next five years look like? What's your, what's your goals? What do you, oh, what do you want? Uh, this is exciting. So one comment I want to make before I get into that uh -huh. is I've really tried to practice at surrender because I don't want to get in my own way. You know, before I started coaching with some of my coaches right now, my goals were my goals because that's all I knew and that's all I thought was possible. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think if we create too many goals for ourselves, we actually limit ourselves because we don't know what's possible. Right. So I try to get out of my own way and keep the opportunities and possibilities completely open because I think so much can happen further and beyond what I can even comprehend in my mind. But in five to 10 years, you know, I want to continue to be public speaking around the world, you know, have online courses and resources to help train women and men on mindset, business and networking. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to make enough money to treat the people in my life and to really help. I want to start a charity and help other female entrepreneurs that are really struggling. Like I really struggled. There were moments and I would love to know even, you know, we all struggle. There were moments when I couldn't, I didn't know how I was going to even pay for my mortgage. Mm -hmm. I'd have to call my mortgage company and be like, can I like postpone a month? You know, like you, it's, it's not easy. If you aren't ready for that, <laughs> then, then this entrepreneurship might not be for you because you have to problem solve and you have to figure it out. But being put in those situations, I just hustled and figured it out. So I want to be able to help women in those situations. And I just want to give people experiences that they don't, they wouldn't have had otherwise. So yeah. I want to share as much love and yeah. inspiration as I can. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Looking back um, on anything in the last few years or you know, anywhere else, is there one thing that you did that uh, at the time seemed like a mistake, but now you're glad like it happened for you. I thought you were going to ask the reverse of something yeah. that seemed good and then ended up being a mistake. <laughs> something that I thought was going to be a mistake and ended up being good. Well, I mean, I just think even the struggle at the yeah. time, it was so painful not being able to pay my mortgage and not knowing where my money was going to come from. And I was so stressed out, like in tears, I was depressed. I just didn't understand. But everything that I learned in that time allowed me to be the entrepreneur I am today and allows me to relate to people within my 
community that are in that struggle and that, and I know there's a different way. So now I can just teach them what I went through and it was really difficult. You know, I even lost my mom when I was young Mm -hmm. and that pain of losing my mother, I could have gone one way or the other. And I really chose to grow and evolve to a point that I'm very grateful for the entire experience. And now I can teach people how to go through loss and how to go through pain to a place because I've been there. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's powerful. For someone out there who's like struggling with like lack of confidence or network or, you know, trying to figure this whole thing out, what's your number one piece of advice for, for them? Yeah. So if you're struggling with confidence, I think it's really important to get in tune with your best self. Mm -hmm. I want you to write a list and I want you to get so in tune with the feeling of who he or she is, know what she feels like, you know, what you look like, what, how you act and embody him or her every day and do a meditation every morning. So you Mm -hmm. feel like that person, you need to just step into that person and at least know who that person is. So many people have no idea who their best self and who their truth is. So knowing that, and then you can continue to move forward. But the confidence, what was the second piece that you asked? It's like if someone, like a lot of people out there struggle with like having the confidence to keep yeah. working, moving forward and, you yeah. know, having a, not having a network or they don't have network. the right people around yeah. them, right? Yeah. That is really important to, you are the, we all here, obviously the, you are the sum of the five closest people to you. There was a couple of years that I had no friends. I had zero friends as I was transitioning because I still love them, but we just weren't in the same goals and we weren't vibing anymore. And that lonely period was when I did my deepest work on my confidence and who I wanted to be. And it was devastating at the time because I really liked those people and I didn't understand why we weren't connecting. But I look back now and I know that they were holding me back. So if you're looking around you and you don't want to be like the people you're surrounding yourself with, then they're holding you back and preventing you from stepping into your best version of yourself. And you, the world needs you to be that person. They need you to be your quirky, weird self so that you can lead and help. And people are going to try to keep you small because it makes them feel safe. And the more you can step out there and just put yourself out there you don't know who's on the other side watching you and being inspired by you. You know, you igniting your own light just ignites those, the light of others around you without you even knowing. Yeah. That's awesome. Would you say it's the, just kind of getting in touch with who you are and being for yourself and not for other people. Yeah. Right? The 100%. Authenticity. Yeah. yeah. But cause it's hard. We live in a world where everyone's telling you not to stand out. Mm-hmm. You know, but as babies, babies love being looked at. Babies don't look at you and think, oh, don't look at me. They're like, look at me. I'm amazing. Like, go back to your childhood. You're, and we, we have so many labels nowadays of being an introvert and being shy and not liking to, not liking, liking to public yeah. speak. And I think it's all bullshit. You've just told yourself that. Like, step away from all the labels your inner self doesn't care, just wants to be you and isn't scared of anything. So swipe away all those labels and know, get in tune with your truth because you're so much more than you even know. And that's awesome. You know, it's the funny thing is we're sitting down last night at dinner and my daughter who's nine 
said something to my wife about me being weird. And we were like, and she was like, that's not nice. And I was like, what do you mean? And, and my wife said, you know, you don't call people weird. She said, my daughter was basically like, well, being weird's a compliment. Like you're supposed to be weird and different. (laughs) And, and I, I looked at her and I said, you know, Elena, I get that. I said, but when, when your mom and I grew up being weird was not something people expected of you. And it was a, uh, and it's not a compliment to, to a lot of people. She just didn't get it because I think, wow, you know, see? it's like these days, like some of the kids, like they want to be different. Like being different is cool. Where we grew up, being different wasn't cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's you awesome. Know? That's so cute. Yeah. So, um, Vanessa, if someone wants to get in touch with you or find out more about you or the ladies community, what's the best place to find you? Yeah. So you can go check out the ladies community.com <clears throat> and we have weekly workshops, webinars. They're all free. And we also have a really active Facebook group, or you can check us out on Instagram. And then you can also check out my personal stuff. I post videos and motivational and business stuff every day at vanessaortali.com and or my Instagram, which is I A M Vanessa O. I am Vanessa O. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here on the show today. I really appreciate you coming in and spend the time and sharing your insights. So fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is Aaron LeBauer and Vanessa Ortali for the Cash PD Lunch Hour. Go out, get connected, be yourself, and uh, share it with other people. I guess that would be my big takeaway. So thank you, Vanessa. Appreciate it. Awesome. See y'all in the next show. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.